0: Everlasting, Father, we are thankful because you are doing an eternal work in our generation. Father, we thank you. Let your will be done indeed in the name of Jesus for every one of us that is partaking of this word. Those of us that are here and those that are spread across the nations. Let your word not leave us the same. Indeed, Lord, let your word cause your will to be established in our lives and in our environment. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Blessed be your name, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right,
1: um, <clears throat> while we are standing up is just to take our declarations. And we are, go- oh, we are going to sit down in a moment. We are going to declare the word of God so as to wake our spirits up, like I said to us the other time. Words are very important, and every time we are speaking like this, the words are doing something. I don't want to get into that teaching again now, but your word is always doing something. The words that you speak, they are always doing something in your life. So learn to say something in line with God's will all the time, all right? So for those who are not used to it, you can just quickly wave your hand. you will give you a copy of our magazines. If they, are, if, you didn't, if, you came, if they gave it to you earlier, just look at the front cover all right, this is how we do our declaration when we want to study the word of God. All right? In fact, you know, I read something recently uh, from Derek Prince, and he said that declarations like this, he calls them uh, proclamations, yes, that they are, they are, he said, the most effective, he had a testimony of, some, of a spiritualist. They find them to be the most, if, the most potent of spiritual weapons. You understand? And places where you see people declare a different God, a, another doctrine, all right? Those places where you find people declare stuff like that several times a day, they are the most difficult places for Christianity to penetrate. All right, this is concerning your life, so take that declaration from the bottom of your heart. Amen? Amen. All right, one to let let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding as a result of this. I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. And that is what the word will do for you again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, it's healing you in every area. Amen. It's correcting your eyes. Amen. It's correcting anything that's wrong with your mind. It's causing the kidneys that are not working well to start functioning properly. Amen. It's strengthening your bones. Amen. It's waking up the light. That is everything that God planned for your physical body is bringing them to effect in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remember what do we pay? How much do we pay? Attention. Our currency is what? Attention. No, there's cryptocurrency. currency. <laughs> What's our own currency? Attention. This is spiritual currency. What did I call it? Spiritual, spiritual currency. currency. Amen. Let's take our sins. The Lord is good. All right. All right. The amount of attention you pay to the word of God decides the amount of power that will be released into your life as a matter of fact. That's why I said, My son, attend to my words. Very important. Incline your ears to my saying. He said, Don't let them depart from your eyes. When I get to that point, I keep mixing those two things up. (laughs) The Lord is good. He said, Don't let them depart from your sight. Yes, I'm correct. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. And that's how. Life flows into us, attending to the Word of God. Life in every, in every dimension, not just health. Life in the ability to understand the Word, to start with. Life when it comes to health. Life when it comes to our finances. Life when it comes to our relationships. Life when it comes to our ministries. God has given each person an assignment in this life. You cannot fulfill the assignment of God for you effectively Unless you pay attention to the word of God. The fact that God has commissioned you, some people, do you know, you know, would keep on dropping things like this here and this to help people. There are those that think that anointing is license. What do I mean? They think that if you are anointed, you can get away with a lot of things that other Christians can't get away with. That's not true. I hope you know that. What did I say? It is not true. Anointing is not license at all. It's not license. The more anointed you are, the more careful you should be. I hope you're getting my point. Anointing does not prolong your life. You can be anointed and die suddenly. I know what happened. They will say an anointed man died suddenly. Say so such a waste of anointing. Yeah, that's true. It was going to happen to Moses, you know that. It was going to happen to Moses. Moses had just been anointed. Of course, what do you mean by anointing? you know, anointing? He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. All right? Because he has anointed me to do this. When, once God sends you to do something, automatically the unction follows you. So he has sent Moses to go and deliver the people of Israel. But Moses was not doing what was right in certain areas of his life. And it was going to cost him his life. God did not say, because I have called him, so that law does not apply to him anymore. His wife had to wake up. I, I suspect she was a reason for, because of the way she reacted. I suspect she was the reason why Moses could not obey God in that area. So she quickly relaxed herself and made sure obedience was complete in that area. And Moses survived. All right? Just by the way, husbands, help your wife to survive. And wives, do what? Help your husbands to survive. How? By obeying God. If anything looks like disobedience and your wife is dabbling into it, correct her. Don't say, Oh, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Oh, you know the way she is. <laughs> please, correct her. Do you get my point? And if you, your husband, if you cannot instruct him, you can pray for him. You can say, please, I want to talk to you. There's something I would like to, you know, help each other. It's very important. Once I, was, I went somewhere, one man said, now that I've reached the peak of my career, I can now start looking at how to do ministry. Did you hear what I said? And it's, you know, foolishness is very interesting. Foolish people don't know they are foolish. That's the thing about foolishness. Right, you don't realize how foolish you are. You just be there announcing your foolishness with a megaphone. This guy took a megaphone and announced it. Okay, he was talking to me, actually. I don't know what I was saying to everybody, but he said it to me that you see, now I've reached the peak of my career. So I can now try and focus on ministry. I should advise him. I was looking at him like, I should advise you. Anyway, that's not why I'm talking about it. I went home. I reported it to my wife the way I'm reporting it to you. And I asked my wife. I said, "Please, if you ever hear me say that, or if I tell you, let me do this first before I do this." I, t- of course, she knows who to call. I said, "Call the brethren, and beg them to call me to order." I said, "Because now we know who they look for." Because I said, because when I heard that statement, I knew statements that no, I cannot make. No, I can't even. They can't even cross my mind. You can't leave the things of God until they are convenient. Until it is convenient, that's when you want to obey God. Let me first go and do other things. Then I will come and follow you. Jesus would say, no, don't bother. You don't leave the things of God until it is convenient to do them. You never do that. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So like I was saying, each one of us, whether you are anointed or not, remember, you must take care to be obedient to the word of God. You must put the word on your mouth all the time, to tap life for obedience. That's what I'm going to say. You must obey God. You must tap life for obedience. You, you have, we all have a responsibility, each one of us. We have the responsibility to do things that are pleasing to God so that He can give us strength, He can preserve our lives so we can serve Him. I hope that makes sense to you. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, so um, I'm going to uh, teach something today. We're still following the things that we have been talking about about the knowledge of God, about tapping into spiritual power. All right, let's start today by reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 8. The book of Matthew, chapter 8. There's something I want to just use this one to introduce, which I'm going to be teaching. You know, we're talking about spiritual knowledge. I said us the other time, I've been trying to get to this for some time. I hope I've gotten there today. It feels like that. There are three levels of knowledge in spiritual things. I said, number one, you can just learn facts. That's knowledge. Just know facts. Who divided the Red Sea? You know that kind of thing. Facts. All right? Who betrayed Jesus Christ? And spiritual knowledge. You are getting the facts accurately. That was what happened to, um, that's how, what's his name? Paul got the information about the Last Supper. It was narrated to him by the Lord. So he got the facts right. He will tell you that he took bread and he said this and he gave it to his disciples. Just by the way, I don't know. What do you think of those tiny, tiny wafers that we use? I see, I, I see, saw it somewhere yesterday. You are supposed to break bread. Are you getting my point? I think we should be breaking bread, not serving broken bread <laughs> or prepared in pieces. That, I, I, well, that's what they call a trivia. I'm not being very serious about that. But I went somewhere and I looked at it. I said, "Wait, why do we do it?" I think Jesus said, "Jesus took what bread? He broke it and began to give it. Should be from the main, uh, main hole." Thank you. And they will start breaking. Like, if, even if you say, What if we have a church of 10,000 people? And then you need uh, like uh, 200 deacons. Do you understand my point? Uh-huh. And people say, They just want to save time. Where are you hurrying to? Most communion service will do done sharp, sharp. No, what is the hurry? Anyway, that's just by the way. The Lord is good. Because some of the things I see that we serve in communion, they don't look like bread that is broken. Personally, I think there's something significant about the fact that you break it. Everybody takes from that piece, you know, little by little. All right? That's just what I think. All right? The Lord is good. Okay. So, you can be getting those spiritual information. That's the level of knowledge. And I said the second level is that of principles and methods in which people find out how do I sow a seed and reap a harvest? How do I follow somebody so that he's... I can tap into his anointing. You know, how do I pray? What kind of words do I, when I say pray now, I'm not talking about Christian prayer. Because you must understand that everything that people have to command on the earth, they literally have to offer petitions and supplications before the judge of the whole earth. Without God approving anything, there is nothing that the most, you know, please, I'm going to digress a bit about that. Without God approving it, there is nothing that the most powerful occultist or DBR or witch doctor can do. There is nothing. Please bear that in mind. There is absolutely nothing. You know, I know, in fact, I was still watching the video of some faith teachers the other day, and they keep on saying things like, oh, no, that when somebody dies, and they say that only a silly preacher will mount the pulpit and say, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken. He said, no. The thief comes not but to steal, but and to destroy. So what should we say? The Lord gave, the devil has taken our beloved, so we are burying somebody, the, the devil took. No, think about it. Does it make sense? I will never say that in God's presence. He said, no, it's not the, the Lord that took. Listen, you want to hear it? It is the Lord that took. I told you I grew up on faith teachings. I've heard all of it. But after balancing what I've heard and the scriptures, I will tell you clearly, it is the Lord that took. Let me keep on explaining the issue. There is a difference between the judgment and what? The will of God. I've explained this many times. There is a, the other word I use for that judgment is what? Decree. That is when God says, let this happen. It does not mean that is what he wants to happen. Do you get what I'm trying to explain? Bear it in mind. So, it was never God's will that Saul should die. Why? The Bible tells us God does not want anybody to perish. But then, when Saul did what he did, the Lord killed him. That's what the Bible says. And Saul died for the trespass he committed against the Lord. He said, therefore, the Lord kills him. I hope you get my point. Who will entice Ahab to go to where? Ramos Gilead. Why? So that he might perish there. That was never the will of God. It was the decree of the Almighty, I know. But what was the will of God? That each person will come to knowledge and repentance, knowledge of the truth, and they will repent. And there was a time Ahab repented. And he said, look at how Ahab has humbled himself before me. I remember when Nineveh repented. Even though the decree of the Almighty had gone forth, that was never the will of God. All right? The will of God was that they will come to the knowledge of truth and therefore repent. So when, um, wasn't for our brother prophet? Jonah. When Jonah went there and cried against the city, they repented. And then God aligned his instructions to fit his will. The decree of God is a summary of everything. His will, with our behavior, and with our intercessions or lack of intercession. When when we wrap those three things together, he will issue forth a decree. That is why when you are afflicted, you will say to the Lord, have mercy on me. I think Christians have focused too much on the devil. The focus on Satan is excessive, especially in what we call word of faith teaching. The focus is too much. We give too much credit to this devil. Let me say it again. The devil has only three powers. What are those powers? There are three things he can do. He can do what? He can tempt. Number two, he can accuse. What is the third one I gave? He can deceive, thank you, which is part of his temptation. He can deceive, he can tempt, he can accuse. God has given that one to him. It's part of him every day. But even that temptation, he can't go beyond certain levels. The Bible says he's not allowed to tempt you beyond that which you can bear. You say, Pastor, there are temptations I cannot bear. They have a new teaching on that. I don't have time to go into that now. The truth is that it's not true. It's just that you did not resist the temptation at the right time. You were trying to resist the first fruit of the sin, which James called sin that has been conceived. So when it has been conceived, it must be birthed. When you now is it's about to be birthed, you now want to resist. No, before conception is when you are supposed to have resisted. So if you know, if you resist at the right time, there is no sin you cannot resist. The problem is that we don't resist at the right time. But I, like I said, I'm not teaching on that now. Okay? Now, so, um, I was going to explain something. What was I saying? That, so, that. all right? He has a number of powers he has. So even the temptation, he doesn't have excessive power there. But now if we are falling for his deception, his accusation, uh, sorry, for his uh, deception, his temptation, then he now takes that and becomes what the Bible calls an accuser of the brethren. So he accuses, and when he, he successfully accuses, he gets what the Bible calls, the power of death. I hope you're getting my point. It's a result of successful accusation. Please bear that thing I've said in mind. That is where people make the mistake, and they want to blame everything on the dead. No devil, devil, devil. Listen, nobody can die until the decree is gotten from God. Nobody. I hear also sometimes that no, you say when you disobey God, you put yourself in an area where Satan has power. Well, that is true. I'm not saying it's a lie. Even there, you can't die. And no, go and read the discussion he had with God concerning Job. Each time he was given limits. I read through scriptures. Listen. Well, let, let, me not, let me not sit on that now. So bear that in mind, okay? Because sometimes, all right, we focus so much on Satan. He doesn't have that kind of power that we you know, we often all right, give to him. So, back to the point that I tried to make. So, sometimes we sit on the issue of methods, you know, in the realm of the spirit. You know, I went all of that trying to say something, say something about petition. Okay? That's spiritually. So, when I was saying something about prayer. There's not only Christians that pray. Occultists have to offer petitions after they've done everything before the judgment throne of God. They may not realize it okay? They they still have to come before the judgment throne of the God of the universe. They may not come the way you come. Our father, he's not their father. Are you getting my point? They come like anybody. Like now, you know the way it is. Nigeria operates a democracy. Uh, There's there's, a way they qualify that democracy. What do they call that thing? Anyway, there's this democracy. We're all rule of law. We operate the rule of law. So anybody, anybody, anytime, Can go to any court in Nigeria to present the case. Just follow the process, all right? Anybody. You know the truth. A lot of times you don't even need a lawyer. The law doesn't say you must come with a lawyer. Just that you won't know what to say. That's what the problem is. (laughs) You go there. You just you you bind yourself. So you. That's why we go with lawyers. So that the lawyer will tell bros, they don't step there. If they step, there's a trap. There's a trap. Put your leg on this side. The lawyer has been trained, of course, the society has to have order to interpret the laws of the society. Not only the laws, but the procedures. The court has procedures. Now, I'm going to bring out something here. So anybody can go and can say anything. Any nonsense in your mouth is allowed. It's the judge that now decides that. Are you alright? <laughs> you will now strike out a case, dismiss a case, tell you... If I did, there, there, some, there was this case I went before, before Nigeria's Supreme Court... And some people came out and joined themselves somewhere. So the judges look, the justices look and say, what are you for doing here? That was when I heard the expression, "Meddlesome interlopers. I, I never forgot it. And those guys, they felt like, uh, no. There's a way they tried to join themselves to the case. But, the, I mean, the, whoever is filing the cases will not say anything, no. Find anything you want. Then the judge will look and say, no, you are a meddlesome interloper. Get out. They say, you, you have no local standing. You come and say to the judge that you are filing a case that chugs um, should not park in front of this compound. So they will ask, do you live in that compound? Say, no, I live at six streets down the road. So the judge is looking at you, so as he's parking there, how is it hurting you? Well, it's hurting the people that live inside the building. How is it hurting them, hurting you? Are they not, don't they know the road to the court? Why are they not the ones here suing? So we tell you that you have what? No local standing. That is, there is not, like like, like we say, common English. We think concerning you. Even though your case may be strong and very, but then they say, it's not your business. Let the people who are injured, you have to show how this thing is your, you know, is affecting you. Now, what I'm trying to say is that that's how it is. Listen, after meditating on these things, I realized that our human judicial system is based on God's heavenly judicial system. God must have revealed that in one way or the other to people. It's exactly what he does. That's the principle of intercession. That, I keep on saying, the person that can pray for you that's most effective, the person that loves you and is attached to you, not somebody that reads your you case in the paper, they say, hey, baby baby Michael needs $2 million for surgery. You don't read it in the Bible, in the, in the newspapers. You know the way you do? Say, mm, baby Andrew here too needs seven million. You just open and continue going. You don't think much about it. <laughs> do, do you follow my point? It, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying it's impossible. Unless God, because there are supernatural operations, all right, in which God will pass a burden for that person on you, thereby connecting you with the individual. If he doesn't do that, you can't pray effectively for the baby Michael. Forget that thing. You can try. But if baby Michael was your nephew or your son, Lega, when you grab God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. <laughs> you will do God, Jacob. Are you getting my point? Thank God God neither sleeps nor slumbers. It's a safety measure because we would not have left allowed him to sleep or slumber in the first place. If he was a sleeping God, we would allow him to sleep. Say, Lord, look at baby Michael. What have you done about it? God will have to get wait, 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 wait. Guys, guys, guys. Fix baby Michael. Why? It's called the heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous avali much. It's what they call local standing in common law. I hope you are getting my point. Alright? So these principles are there. They are abundant. We can learn them. People have learned uh, these principles without being Christians, they kill. They can kill people through spiritual manipulations. Balaam, don't forget, was not your kind of prophet. You know, when you look at Balaam now, you think Balaam is here, Elijah is here, and um, Samuel is here, that they are friends. Balaam was never friends with such people. They are not in the same camp. Balaam was a diviner for hire. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Yes, he was a diviner for hire. Why do you think Balak sent for him? You think he was joking? Why do you think Balak was so desperate? Because he knew what Balaam could do. He knew what Balaam had done. He had used his services before. And Balaam was not a joker. If you're talking about the occult, Balaam was deep. I know something about God. You'd be surprised that why does God talk to Balaam? After all, Balaam was not, in quotes, I know nobody was born again that time, but because they are righteous people, they were Abrahams, okay? They, they were righteous, that's what it means, for God to make you his friend, okay? But if you say Balaam was not a righteous person, why does God talk to him? He's like the judge that we have these days. He has to talk to him. It's not about friendship. It's about the judge seat. You are the judge of the whole earth. Everybody that has a petition must come. And it must be heard. It must be heard. Listen, you don't have to be a Christian to be heard. I I want you to understand it. Listen, let me just quickly drop this before I go on with the first thing I will say. You don't have to be a Christian to be heard. But let me drop this. What is Christianity? Christianity means that Jesus is your advocate. That's all it means. Like we said you come with a lawyer right forget the name uh, advocate Jesus is your lawyer is your defense attorney that's what christianity is that is all it means in that context it means when you are coming before the judgment throne of god Jesus is the one speaking in your defense anybody didn't you see satan sons of god came to present themselves and what happened satan also came in their midst you know, if it is the rest of us, who we'll rebuke you. You cannot come here. This is the holy ground. In the name of Jesus, you get out of here. Oh. Satan, if you walk on church, sit down. Jonathan, they there. Give and seat Beside there. What can you do? So let's rebuke Satan out of this place. Have you ever heard me pray that kind of prayer? The only Satan I like to rebuke is the distraction. The one that will not let you keep your eyes straight. You don't fall asleep after two minutes. That needs to be rebuked with cold water. Who <laughs> will point on your head to go, wake up. I tell people sometimes, you see, I'm not a coffee drinker, alright? I'm not, you know, what I call coffee. I don't forbid. It's not as if if you drink coffee, you sing, you go to hell. No, that's not what I mean. Yes, I'm not a regular coffee drinker. I probably drink coffee like, um, on the average. Like, I've not drank coffee in the last one month. This year, probably I've drank coffee like, not ty- no time. I was only say, like twice. No. I, I think I was about to count before lockdown. <laughs> I hardly drink coffee. It's a rare thing. It's not a common thing. All right? And one of the reasons why I don't is that, just by the way, uh, coffee is habit-forming. It's habit-forming. It's very habit-forming. People don't realize it. It's a strongly habit-forming drug. All right? Once you take it regularly, you can't stay awake without taking it. You become very drowsy. So what, when do I use it? When I have to go to church, and I'm not the one preaching. <laughs> and I'm not sure... Or the bubba that's going to preach. Whether well, he's the type that will send me out to sleep. You know, some people have this voice. Beloved, as we have gathered this morning before the Lord. <laughs> he's just singing the lullaby for you. <laughs> Let us be, ah, yeah, yeah, just as he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just, let's, let's, let's avoid, you know, like they say, stories that touch. I, I drink a cup of coffee before coming. And sometimes, if I feel I didn't sleep well, do you understand? Because that one, no matter who's preaching, you can do so. And then again, if I have to drive, and I'm not convinced I slept well in the last 24 hours, if I have to drive some distance. Have you, have you ever driven as you are driving? Just know the cars are moving in the spirit. <laughs> At that point, you are the one in the spirit, not the cars. <laughs> in fact, it happened to me today. <laughs> I, I traveled, I was coming back. Because got a particular moment. I just didn't notice that all the other cars were moving in the spirit. You know, like everyone was feeling happy and they were moving in the spirit. That's when I realized I was falling asleep. So I put on the radio and I was knocking my head to one stupid, one stupid gyration song. <laughs> just to, and good enough, I was close to my house. So I just oh boy, five more minutes. So as soon as I got home, I just went late and laid down <laughs> and slept because I had to come this evening. The Lord is good. Now that's just a joke, just by the way. Like I was saying, those are the kind of temptations you have to drive Satan out of your life because it's important. So sometimes you use coffee to drive him away, cold water, so you can pay attention to the word of God. But if he sits at the back near Jonathan, there's nothing he can do to Jonathan. There's nothing he can do to Uche. There's nothing he can do to love it. You understand? He'll just sit quietly. And if I see him, I'll say, why have you come? So I came to see what you are preaching. i said, just sit down there. Jesus is Lord. Then he'll will, he will run away. As to magnify Jesus, becomes more uncomfortable. But we are not threatened by his presence. We are not threatened. We are not threatened. And that was why God didn't just say, let us drive him away. When he came before the judge, that's where, I, that's where I was, remember? When he came before the judge of the whole earth, he had to be heard. He had to be heard. The judge talked to him. The father probably wouldn't have a conversation like that because I've explained many times that what causes this confusion for us is that we don't realize that there are different aspects to God. And when he's operating in a particular area, you will think he's a totally different God. He's the same person. So that's why I was saying you don't have to be a Christian to offer your petitions before God. And those who have become professional, they are like lawyers. Okay, They know how to package the petitions. They know the kind of words to use to persuade the judge. They are the ones you and I call babalawos. They are the ones you and I call DBS. They are the ones sometimes we call occultists. And listen, as a matter of fact, they know how to kill. You know, there's a a book I'm writing. I won't tell you the the title. Whatever I told the title, very happy that finally we are releasing the book. But you know, somewhere somewhere in in the book, I explain something. You know, men who sleep around, you understand, who don't discipline themselves sexually. I I feel sorry for them. You know what they don't understand? Yeah, you can sleep with one girl. She does not know anything. She's looking for money. The day you sleep with a witch, you are done. You know why? She's a professional. I don't mean professional in sleeping around. Professional in accusation. That encounter for her was not pleasure. It was not money. It was to get a hook into your soul. You get away with it. Most of the girls are not witches. Then the day witches are planning for you. They say, what does he like to eat? Something. They say, he will go there. He will see a harlot. Send him a woman. That's how we will get him. Because once he unites himself with her, he becomes what the Bible calls one flesh, one body with her. And she will go back before the judgment throne and make demands concerning her body that he's carrying. I don't know whether I get my point. If you go and study chemistry, there are different kinds of bonds. The bond may be weak, but it's a bond. There are covalent bonds. There are ionic bonds. There are vandal, you know, the Vandau, all kinds of bonds. Sorry, I forgot a bit of my chemistry. But they may be weak, oh but they are bonds all the same. So when that girl creates a bond, which the Bible says, it is what it is. I wrote the book. Guys, better be careful. Some, some men, eh, they are sold. Those are the ones they eat in the coven. You don't sleep with the witch, there's nothing she can do. What? What's her local standing? They'll say that they stole your, you know, they, have you heard that they steal underwear from online? Yes, it's a lie. I'm not saying they are not stealing it. It's not working. So they gave you something to eat. Jesus said you would digest it. It's going down the toilet. Unless it's a kind of food that signifies, what I'm going to say is that it's communion. When there's communion, that's communion. Because there are, there are things in the Bible, if you see in the scripture, there are physical things that are sacramental. They are physical, but they signify something deep. Like the communion table of Christians. It's not just ordinary bread and wine. The world tries to tell us that. You know, uh, sex and all of that is just physical. It is not. It's one of the most sacramental things on the earth. It makes states, in heaven, they hear it. So, <laughs> but boys I like to sleep around. Leave. You go soon die That's how I'm telling the story. Because one day, a witch is going to grab you. That's how I'm talking, talking about it. They will not carry the petition. She now has a stake in your life. She can sit in a house and command how you spend money. You wonder know why your head is turning. A lot of people that divorce, divorce their wives huh? and marry some other woman that you will see, you, will, you will wonder what happened. It's not ordinary eyes. He like said She it didn't fall in love. She was a professional or she got the services. That's what I was looking for or professionals. Those are the kind of girls that can go to a, quote, shrine and kneel and say, Baba, help me. I love this man. He doesn't want to marry me. He say why not? He say because he's already married. He said, no, we'll handle that. And let it now be unfortunate for the other woman that she does not know how to pray. Or oh, she's not, she's even a quarrelsome type. This one is here making her petition, presenting the case. My Lord, according to section 15, you know, the Look, she's she just sitting down there. Her advocates are speaking. Listen. And you must understand something. That's why you have to confess. In law, there's what they call... I, talk, I have friends who are lawyers, so that's why you hear me say a lot of things. And, I, and some of my favorite TV programs, those when I used to watch TV much, was um, uh, court cases. From the time I was young, her sizes, I used to sit down to watch Assizes like this. I don't know how many of you remember her sizes. It was produced in Benin. As a little boy, I used to sit down to watch our sizes. All right? Till today, I love court cases. Okay? That's why I learned some of the things. One of our brothers told me there was a particular ruling one judge gave in Enugu here that caused problems nationwide. He explained to me how it happened. And the same thing happened to cause problems in APC in River State. He said they don't file a case against you and you feel too big to answer. So somebody filed a case against somebody in Enugu here, they did not answer. So the day George was going to rule, they call it an undefended list. He will avenge them of their adversaries. That's what created a crisis in, 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 in Rivers APC. So you, you just need that small boy. What is wrong with him? And you know you now. You are powerful. You are Buhari's right-hand man. You are the ones that run this country. And one little boy comes from Enugu, and files a case that you cannot stand as chairman of the party in the state. They will find out that, that case. You say, me uh, prayer. So you know those uh, various names. <laughs> say who is it? They say they don't know. I believe. Him. Let's continue our party. You will do the party. This thing, they will vote for you. You will win. You will be shouting, "We don't win or oh, we don't win." The judge will give you give the adjourn for them a few times to save you more notices. You will say that who is this? Did pray? Guy, I don't know him. Who cares whether you know him or not? The judge now knows him. But that means. He said proves that they have have served you different ways three times. Maybe even in the papers, I've ignored them. He will rule that you are not fit to be party chairman. Then you now go and preside over the gubernatorial primaries. Your person will now win. They will now say say the primaries was null and void and of no effect. They will go to another judge. And that one will say, yes, Ah. You couldn't have been the chairman, it's not allowed. You say, No, you go to appeal court. Ah! Before your eyes, you reach Supreme Court, and they say, Well, you were never chairman. And your whole party system crumbles before your eyes. Why? Because one little boy sued you and you felt too big to answer him. You don't understand. He's not the one you are answering. He's the judge you are answering. So many people, they are not answering cases against them. And the witches are winning every day. How are they not answering it? They are not speaking words. They are not uttering words. They are not hiding themselves in Christ regularly. Especially Christians. In the world, they don't even know. They live carelessly. So when you watch movies that they did juju and one person died, they they will die because they know nothing. He said they know not, neither do they understand. So everything is upside down under their feet. They know nothing. Some of them will now be crossing their legs, even bragging. You don't sit down. That how did the world start? Boom! Nothing going somewhere, on no time, no reason. Suddenly they exploded. They call it the Big Bang, but you know, became everything. The foolish man says in his heart, "There is no God." That does not kill God. You can see anything you like. You can say there's no judge. They will say arrest you and put you in prison based on the words of that judge. And that's the problem many people have in this life. They don't know anything. They are not praying for themselves. Especially when they are not Christians. They don't even know how to pray. And remember prayer is not just, you know, people think prayer is just about, um, give me this, give me that, don't give me that. No. A lot of prayer is self-defense. A lot of prayer is you are being accused. You are defending yourself. They are saying you will die. Why should you die? You are saying the Lord has give, disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. So you don't understand, you are defending yourself. So, battle to what I'm trying to say. So, people who are skilled in this area, we describe them as occultists. They can't get anything done if God does not approve. If God sets boundaries, it doesn't matter how occultic they are. They must respect the boundaries. Balaam was like that. He knew what to say. You know, I'm from Western Nigeria by birth, so I grew up there. I know something just from being in the environment. Then when I became, became a student of the word of God, and I read the Psalms, I became a teacher of, the, of, of God's word, I began to read the Psalms. and I remember things that we learned about Odwifa. you of Ifa priests and all of that. They are not spontaneous in anything they do. They learn all the sounds. They, they, Listen. If you want something to go one particular way, they have learned words. The Bible calls them acceptable words. They've learned words to speak. When we're children, you know, every, every movie type has his own, is it genre, they call it? Indian movie. You know? It must be there. Um, Ranjay must fall in love with uh, 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 what do you call uh, Sunita. And they must run away. <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> Chinese film. People used to tell me that this film does not make sense. I say it's a Chinese film. It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make fight. <laughs> Once it makes fight, and I used to love them. Uh, There was one I watched recently. If I tell you, as recently as like two weeks ago. I just saw one guy. It was even even an American setting. I sat down there. Do you know? I didn't go. I was supposed to go and sleep. I said, no, not yet. (laughs) I watched all the fight scenes. In fact, if you want to give me a Chinese suit, just cut the fight scenes, join them together, and give it to me. What all this one? Uh, Who cares who killed your father? You want to kill the mother? I don't care. Just start the fight. (laughs) You, you, you know, okay, let me just dig. In. You know the part of the fight I like, Chicks. say. I used to like the one where one man is so powerful. Eh, He'll be fighting, he'll be eating, and. Mm, mm, he'll be, ah! <laughs> I said, almost, oh, kill, skill. kill." Ah, There's the, the, the one I watched some time ago. Eh? I like that film. Very, I like that one very well. You know what happened? They had this sword they used to fight for. I will tell you the gist. Now, when you have the sword, everyone knows you are the champion. The only problem is that you have to fight for it. So the man who currently had it was in prison. So the boy who needed it, he ah, said, how do I get it? So they had to go and do a jailbreak. I helped the man escape. Then he now fought the man. And, but something happened along the line. Somebody went and leaked the secret to the man. So the man said, okay, the boy wants the sword. I'll let him have it. So they fought and fought and fought. The boy won. You understand? That young boy, actually at the end of the day, turned out to be his son. So the man gave him the sword and went away. The other person now spoke to him about some things. So now, when the boy said, I want my sword back, the boy said, You have to fight for it. So the boy took his sword and began to fight. The man took a cane and beat him. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that film. Yeah. <laughs> that is real fight. Too. The boy was fighting with his sword. The man just took a cane. He flogged the boy very well. the end the day, the boy fell down, took his sword and walked away. He said, Man, Bruce Lee. I like it. <laughs> oh, boy, Chinese in the sweet. <laughs> Just don't look for sense. It's when you are looking for sense, you are looking for trouble. (coughs) All right, of course, that's we're just joking there. So every kind of storyline, I mean, um, drama, you know, you you know, Yoruba films when I was growing up. It's not the one you watch these days. When I was a little boy, even the dramas they come they came to do in our schools. You know, they have these drama troops that move around. They were all the same. There were a few people like Papa Lolo and co. that did comedy. But most of the normal ones.
0: <laughs>
1: all they did was incantation, juju, black magic, occultism, everything. That's why you hear of Father Yoloro. The Father Yoloro is, is the second generation. The original Father that one looked wicked. Didn't used to talk much until it's time to release incantations. Now, this is what I'm telling you. You think those incantations were random. Do you know what? They were not random. When they go to the schools of, of, of the occult, they were given words. See, you know what I'm talking about this is that sometimes people get carried away. That's why I wrote an article long ago on, on searchable riches. If Christians don't know this, they get carried away when they see them. God has given me understanding. It doesn't impress me. If you start releasing incantations, my friend, no, if I release my own, you will faint. That's why I called the Bible, especially the book of Psalms, the book of the incantations of the Lord. You heard the story. I don't know which of our brothers, but it was Israel that told me that story. He was in the north, and he passed a comment, and an Islamic extremist was there and took his name back to his boys, and they determined to kill him. And DSS found out. And DSS called him and said, we think you should take a leave and leave town. Why? You're on the, heat, you're on the what do you call it? Hit list for um, Islamic, terror, Islamic extremists. They want to kill you. You know what he did? He went back home. Of course, he was afraid. Well, I mean like His flesh will react, but he would decide to pray. And he read that one scripture. Why do the hidden rage? And the people imagine a vain thing the kings of this earth, they have gathered themselves together against the Lord and against his anointed. They say, let us scatter their, no, their bones." I'm quoting it wrongly now. But he said, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord will hold them in derision. He quoted that scripture. That guy traveled, had an accident, and died. The man who wanted him killed. He, he, you know what they call incantation? That guy released the incantation of the Lord. That one died. Instead of spending all your time on Facebook, spend all your time on Bible Booker. So that you will have words to use when time comes for incantation. That's why I say all the time that look, we're we are all in cults. At least in this life, you must join a cult. And we, we have joined. If you have not yet joined, Apostle, see that man at the back, let him help you, let him initiate into our own. We are all in a cult. We are all, everybody here. All right? I'm a senior member of the cult be there for a long time. What's the name of our cult? Christ. Christ. The cult of Christ. We're in the cult of Christ. We drink blood and we eat flesh. It's just that we don't have time for the flesh of sinners. They will pollute us. How can they claim out, eat dirty food? Is it good? Do you even eat food? When, when you yeah, a chicken falls into the, uh, on the ground, do you even eat it? You'll be cleaning out the dirt. So we don't have time for sucking polluted blood. We drink the blood of Christ and we eat his flesh. His blood is pure. His flesh is pure and it was broken for us. And we also have our own incantations. And our Bible is a book of the incantations of the Lord. We are in the occult. It's just that anybody can join our own. Just give your life to our our olu. You know what they call olu? You don't know what's olu. The head. Okay. In Oboni, the head of Oboni is called Oluo. We also have our own Uboni, our own uh, Oluo. What's the name of our Oluo? Jesus, Jesus Christ. That's the high priest. He's the Lord of our... You know, it sounds funny. Listen. When the Bible is the word mystery, that's it called. Mystery. Mystery. There is a mystery we are inside. The Lord is good. So let's get that clear. So, I was explaining something. So, those who have perfected how to manipulate, that's what I'm telling you about. The, so, when we were growing up, we learned that one. You see, these people, they had words that are, if they want a leaf to open, there are things they tell the leaf. And as you know, which many people don't know, these things, they have ears. Every living thing you see around has ears. Every non-living thing you see around has ears. The walls literally have ears. They know what they say to those things. They know sacrifices to offer, which was exactly what Balaam did. They said, Curse the people. God wants Balaam. Don't say anything that didn't, I, mean, I will not approve of. Balaam said, No problem. But Balaam went through. Now, listen to this. Think about this. God said to Balaam, You will never say anything that. I do not put it in your mouth. The people are blessed. You can't curse them. Now see what Balaam did. Balaam got They looked at them. Ah, he said to Balak, get me seven bulls and seven rams. Put an altar for me here. They slaughtered them. He offered sacrifices to God. That was his way of bringing himself into a place where he could say things. Then words came to his mouth, words of blessing. So Dobalak, come, let's go. Let's leave that angle. Let's leave their marriage life. Let's go and try their career. Let us see whether that's where the iniquity in their lives might be. Do you get my point? He kept on going from one corner to another corner, searching to find out where do we find a leak? Where do we find a loophole through which we can invoke negative words against these people? He couldn't find. You know what he finally did? He called Balak. I'm giving you the whole story, the whole Bible, down to Revelation. He called Balak. He said, listen, I have checked their life in this area. Nothing. I have checked this area. Nothing. We've checked the other area. Each one he wants to check, that's when he offered those sacrifices. He said nothing. He said, the only thing you can do is to measure there is something. So Balak said, hey, what do we do? Their God is a jealous God. There are things that they are not supposed to do. Make them do it. Like what? Secular immorality. How do I do that? Have your girls organize a party. Let them go into the camp. The men are men. You will see what they will do. And that was what happened. And listen, Balaam did not have his way. Why? Because God quickly moved people like Phineas and Co. They executed judgment. And killed everybody that had joined themselves. The Bible says to the battle of of pure. Now, if he didn't do that, the whole camp would have been affected. So when you look at Balaam, don't be thinking that he's a big prophet somewhere. No. He's a man that had spiritual understanding and he knew how to manipulate. Because he, now there's another thing, because he used that knowledge against the people of God, God killed him for it. No, that God had to kill him. God killed him for it. Because he used that knowledge and that, let me tell you the truth, I, I'm, I'm going to get there, I've not even gotten down to my message at all, I'm still warming up. Oh, no, really, I'm, I'm not kidding. All you want you have heard so far, warm up. Because when we get to where we are going, you will understand why Balaam had to die. If you engineer and manipulate spiritual forces against somebody covered by the blood of Jesus, you will die. I said, I don't know why Christians are afraid of witchcraft, witchcraft. Witch, 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 witch. One of my friends was telling our classmates something two days ago. He said there was this very excellent physician in America from one part of Nigeria I've not mention. He we was talking about checking on your friends and all of that because he called a fellow, he had not heard from him in a while. So he called his number, He kept on calling, kept on calling. The guy didn't answer. So finally, one day he called his wife. The wife died, he died six months ago. Now God <laughs> in You know when he died? Just finished exercising. Just finished workout, came out of the gym, dropped in front of the gym, and he was dead, and he's a doctor. i telled you the story. They said he said he used to tell the guy, come back home. You know, he told him where to go, do this. Now you can help my guys. He said, lie, lie, there are too many witches in Nigeria. <laughs> the witches swam across the Atlantic. <laughs> he said, You can't come to Nigeria because of this and so one of my cousins said, so, and he died. You did not come. You died. I have a friend, when well, not for COVID, he used to come twice a year, travel all, all over the country. He's alive. Witches have not killed him. Arm robbers have not killed him. Kidnappers have not gotten him. Rotary said Nothing has killed him. And they used to do that twice a year for at least 10 years. COVID was what ended it. I Look, I said, you want to be living your life in fear of witches. That's when you die quicker. He said, don't let them touch you. They touch you, something will disappear from your body. You know what I always say? <laughs> no, you know now. What I always say is that if you are a torture, Huh? You know there are people, they call them pickers for 419 people. If you're a torture for the occultists, <laughs> come and touch me. Please, before you come, make sure you have a spare brain and a spare heart. Because when you touch me, and you touch me, your brain will vanish. I will make sure it shrinks. I don't have to know, right? By just declaring it ahead, God knows the judgment I have passed against a torture. Your heart will balloon out. Don't walk again. Christians, so they, they, they want to shake your hand. You are afraid. If it's coronavirus, I understand. You get hand sanitizer, you rub it after. They say they will touch you, something will vanish. And then some people now go to church and testimony. Praise the Lord. As I was bathing this morning, it has returned. <laughs> after last week's intensive fasting and prayer. Nonsense. Rubbish. We can't be afraid of witches. As, look, like I said, we'll get there. Because how these have described them, people are operating on what I call, let's call it level two. Second heaven levels. They are focused on spiritual principles. I've sat here so far, that is, on that matter, to let you know that these things actually work. I'm not saying they don't work. They offer b- blood. Eh? You know I'm saying about physical things that have spiritual significance. Blood is one of them. Blood. Oh, blood. Powerful. Balaam will tell you. <laughs> you know what I noticed? Exactly what Balaam used to offer was exactly what God told Job's friends to offer. So Balaam was not joking. Directly. Go, go and check it. Because of time. Okay, let's just read one. Let's just read <laughs> Quickly, let's try that one of Job. 42. Verse 7. And it came about after the Lord has spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Can you see that? (laughs) <laughs> take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a bond offering for yourselves and my servant Job will pray for you. Quickly, compare that with Numbers. Chapter 23. I'll just pick one verse. There are so many verses, but this will even help me emphasize what I was saying. Verse 13. Okay, let, let, let's start from verse 11. I just want to use this opportunity to read this one up. I quoted it earlier, we didn't read it. Then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, but behold, you have actually blessed them. Balaam replied, verse 12, must I not be careful to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then Balak said, please come with me to another place. Let us look at them from another angle. From where you may see them, although you will only see the extreme end of them, I will not see all of them. And curse them for me from there. That is the position you are looking at them from in life. Would determine whether you can curse them. Whether it will work or it will not work. Balaam said alright. Of course he was the one that told Balak that anyway. But let's see. Balaam said no problem. Verse 14. So he took him to the field of Zophim. To the top of Pisgah. And built seven altars. What did he do? And offered a ram and a bull on each altar. Do you notice that? Exactly what God told Job's friends to bring. So these guys are not joking. They know God's prescribed order. What you do for God to listen to you. Balaam was killed. Was a senior advocate of the spirit. You know what that means? You know Nigeria, we are senior advocate of Nigeria for lawyers. You are an experienced lawyer. You have argued cases in the Supreme Court. You have been called to a bar for a long time. And in fact, you are drunk at the bar. And they make you a senior. <laughs> they make you a senior advocate. Balan was a senior advocate in spiritual things. He knew how to manipulate. Now, because of these things I've said, Christians often get impressed. When they see things, when people now come, and a pastor takes some of these spiritual things, and they start, you know, presenting them to people who are ignorant. They say, listen, there was a girl, there was one, there was one pastor. I've heard him preach here, there, saw him on TV. I said, this is the only thing you tell people stories. if you're a preacher, Christ must be lifted up in everything you are preaching. It's important. The sacrifice of Jesus must show up here and there. The name of Christ, the name of Jesus must keep on showing up. There was this girl, before she was born, her mother took her the pregnancy to the shrine and dedicated the, the pregnancy. And then after she was born, and then five years later, she began to have dreams. And ten years later, and she began talking to him. And then, this story, 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 story. Tonight, if you are like that, it's your story. It is over. And people say, amen. And you're talking to Christians. There was this other girl. They said she would not marry. They found out that the mother tied a leaf and put this and then the her, and that a goat was buried, and this one, and this one. Then, when I was praying for her, and I saw goat in my spirit, and I began to see goats, I began to cast out the spirit of the goat. and we went to the family, and we were put where the goat was buried. Today, she's mine. Hey, I'll be looking at them. You're not a preacher. You and Balaam are on the same level. There's nothing you have told me that Balaam did not know, and did not operate. People who don't know, they, they easily get swept away. Like one day, we traveled to go and preach. At night, we were our hotel. Instead of uh, this tall reverend, he had to go and sleep. He said he, said he couldn't sleep. He said he was watching TV. He now flipped to one religious channel. And now the man preached. He said, the story of your life. What was the topic that is? Something like that. But the time he finished telling stories, this boy, the father covenanted, this girl, the mother covenanted, this one, the auntie covenanted, this one, he said, tells the pray, God, reveal to me the story of my life. What's not the story of my life? Which of my great-grandfathers was an Oboni priest? And each one was back with his story. Next morning, <laughs> the tall reverend said, any person that goes to that church will be suspicious of their appearance." They won't trust anybody. And truly, I've seen people do strange things. A young man won Visa Lottery. You know, remember the days of Nigeria and Visa Lottery? And he was traveling abroad. His mother had, I think, two days or three days before he traveled. It's normal. Not a, story, not, not, not a joke. People do strange things. One day, a woman went and saw her cousin and said, ah, How now? Long time. Where are you now? I mean, what does that mean? Oh, I now work at um, Nigeria prisons. I'm the chief warder. What's the big deal about that? I now work for MTN. I'm a programmer. You know, whatever it is. Take a shot. You can't know where I am. How can you know where I am? You cannot know where I am. See, provoked. Now, this lady quickly just get up. I okay, come on, Say, sorry, I don't want to know where you are again. <laughs> you know, this mama, you just ask somebody, where are you now? He said, oh, I'm no longer in Enugu. I'm not in a back leaky. Don't you hear that every day? Yeah. He said, no, you, don't, you can't know where I am. How can you know where I am? You will never know where I am. Nobody can know where I am. <laughs> you know what these churches have done to people's mentality? Anyway, let's just leave some things. Because they hear all these very, very funny, funny stories people start behaving and see let me tell you something you, you as a christian be careful that you don't have a victim attitude towards life they will kill me if i let them know i'm traveling you are traveling say ah mr van coller how now i'm fine how's the family we're fine how's everything we're fine and your neighbor okay we'll see in the evening now uh, yes no problem sir then the man comes knocks on your door nobody in the house then he calls and say oh sorry we traveled you and the whole family, yes. And the man is thinking, but I saw you this morning, and I told you it was in the evening. But you were afraid. They they know you are traveling, and they ground will lay you spiritually on the road. You will not have an accident. You will not die, or your children will be injured. Your wife will die. Somebody will die, which is will block you on the road. You know me, Mr. Loudmouth. I will tell you, ah, no, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not going to be around. I'm traveling this morning. I'm taking this particular car. I'm going to start that at twelve o'clock. I will face it. I will tell you everything. What what do you want to know? Say which car you take is this one? You have another one for me. (laughs) How are you going to go? I will tell you. I am flying. You want to crash the plane because of me? (laughs) (laughs) I have more fear in quotes. In quotes, for burglars, you know, you know, burglars, those who will break your glass and steal your video player. (laughs) I have more respect for those ones than witches. They are the ones I don't want them to know that I'm not around. <laughs> oh, before you go, you get three dogs. One at the front, one behind, one inside the house. Come out, here, yeah, break in. And you measure the dogs are very wicked. Dogs that bite people and they don't let go. <laughs> I mean, I have more respect for those people, that were, which, why? Listen for goodness' sake. Let's go finish the story of the, by, by Balan. He said, "No, we should read it." Numbers twenty-three, twenty-three. Somebody with new, new Living Translation, shout it loud from where you are. Please read it out loud for me. Numbers twenty-three, twenty-three. That's New Living Translation, right? Good. It says, verse 23 there, no curse can touch Jacob and no magic has any power against Israel. That's is the summary of it. Say says no omen, no divination, it don't work against the people of God. But I've not even gotten there. Like I, told you, I said, everything I've seen so far is what? Warm up. I hope I can. I don't know how much. Okay, ah. Time still there now. We still have a long time to share the word. Amen. God, we have a long time. I just saw the time. Steve, come. On. I will finish my message today. Okay, let's see how far we can go. Now I was saying something. It's unfortunate. Many of us pastors. Paul would say things like, "You did not so learn Christ." Many of us pastors did not learn Christ at all we learned the same things Balaam learned. So we want to fight at the level of Balaam. Sometimes our covetousness is a problem. Because, you see, because Christ has paid, he collects all the offerings too. I don't know whether you are getting my point. (laughs) Yes, really. Under the old order, Many of the offerings given were eaten by priests. Do you get the principle? So you have a, you know, a trespass offering, whatever it is. They will tell you, take the fat from here, burn it. You will put the, bowl, bowl, uh, the blood in a bowl. The priest will do this with the blood. Then the rest of the meat, a lot of times, belongs to the priest and his household. They will just say that this kind of person can't eat it. This person can't eat it. But most of the time, the priest will chop everything remaining. So the priestly job was quite protein rich. (laughs) Till now, if you are a priest in some denominations, (laughs) rice, like one brother, I shall not mention his name, he said, I didn't use to buy rice. He just goes to his brother's house. I I don't say you get Thanksgiving rice. Give me one the brother is a Catholic priest. And there will always be Thanksgiving rice. I've eaten Thanksgiving yam before. When apostle was still a priest <laughs> in a big church, you come to my house and drop one fowl. I said, what did happen? He said, Oh God, there were two fowls. This is your own portion. <laughs> So the priestly job sometimes, eh? No food is not the problem. You may not build the house quickly, but you eat. <laughs> the Lord is good. So it affects us, affects our doctrines. For example, one particular Sunday, my phone rang. I picked the phone. One of my sisters, beloved sisters, from time—I mean, I've known her for a long time, over thirty years. She Just said, Pastor Banky, said there's trouble. I said what? Say today I did church. That my pastor, my pastor, I don't want to tell you the name of the church. It's a faith church, you know, those modern Pentecostal church, churches. He said, the pastor said, some of you are having troubles in this life. The reason why you're having trouble is because uh, before you were born, your mother, your father, dedicated you to the gods. And then as you grew up in life, you went and gave your life to Christ. So the gods are now looking for their sacrifice, for their gift. So what you need to do is to redeem yourself from the gods. Sometimes they made vows and promises that when you marry they will give a goat. Or when you graduate from school, they will give a cow. But now you are a Christian and the gods are asking for their sacrifices. A Pentecostal church. So this morning we are going to be delivered. Somebody said deliverance. Answer me now. They are going to be delivered this morning. But since you cannot go to the shrine to pay the gods. I mean you are a Christian. So this morning I shall collect the offerings on behalf of the gods. I will collect for Batala, Amadioha, Oshun, Shongo, Shokmona, A cre- thank you, Kenga. I, I will collect for all these gods that I do not know. This was on a Sunday morning in a Pentecostal church in Portacord. So he put a basket up there that they should start bringing the value of the sacrifices they were supposed to have given to the gods. So I feel like I said, Pastor, how am I supposed to know? You say I was in the, my mother's belly. Did they consult me? Okay, my own, they promised rats. Okay, how much is right? <laughs> Is in the Bible two turtle doves? Don't they used to give turtle doves? Yeah. <laughs> for information, turtle doves were kept there because of the poor, and they were sold. Ah, I heard somebody analyze it. He said, "Well, two, uh, two turtle doves, not so, yes, two uh, um, sparrows." Yes, he said they are sold for is it two denarii? Then somewhere else he said five. Okay, so two for one denarius, or for one penny? Let's just say penny. Two for one penny. There's somewhere, as Jesus said, five for two pennies. Does it not strike you? One, two for one penny. Five for two pennies. <laughs> you know what it means? One, Nigeria. They used to give you... <laughs> once you pay for... Once you give them two pennies, they give you your four, and they add one. So I should tell the pastor, say, Nasparo, Let's debate. Like, I didn't give you anything. Just take this 200 naira, put them for offering basket. Of course, he will not agree. He believes that my parents promised a cow, a goat. This was preached in the last few years in a Pentecostal church on a Sunday morning. In fact, I caught one of the pastors in town in go here, somebody I know. I said, Man of God, how now? How do you guys manage this one? So and so and so. I told him what the pastor of their pro- uh, church preached in Port Harcourt. He said, what? I said, yes. I'm not lying to you, because the person who called me, called me while it was hot. An incredible person. That's where our covetousness sends us to. And you know what, ignorant people? Oh, God. Jesus looked. They were like sheep without shepherd. And if he had compassion on them, and you will not see, ah, it pains when I go to churches. And you see people swoop into the front at such times. Even if you don't have the money now, write it down. And say, with this, I deliver myself from the gods that are chasing after me. And do you know people like it too? One man said, I gave him Mercedes Benz. My uncle died. I killed my uncle. Because it's sacrifice versus sacrifice. Altar versus altar. If they sacrifice 10,000 naira, I will sacrifice 50,000. You know those ones don't even know anything. They don't even know anything. You will have known that the sacrifices is not money. It's blood. The man said, I planted the seed of my Mercedes-Benz and my uncle died. He said, I killed my uncle with pride. Really, that's the problem. People know a little and then they start telling these stories to Christians. It's unfortunate and people get carried away. Now, I've told the story about people who so mess these bands they're talking nonsense, I'm sorry. Okay, The clown of a pastor who said he he will now be the one to collect offerings on behalf of gods that you do not know. He does not know. I don't know how he arrived at that. But the truth is that, you see, like those days, I don't know about Eastern Nigeria. I, I, I came to Eastern Nigeria as a full-grown adult married man. But I grew up in Western Nigeria. We had a lot of white government churches. We had. I don't know whether you guys had here. We had a lot. Most of them were are traditional worshippers that wear white and called the name Jesus. They always had their, their churches. Or, you know, I was going to say their shrines because they were shrines. They always had their churches near, a, near water. It had to be near a stream. Some of them, they have it near junctions because there's something about junctions in spiritual things. You understand? No, that's how they do it. And when you come to them, they literally will prescribe offerings. You literally, one, one of our brothers, as a little boy, they went there for deliverance. They literally use a fowl to knock his head, you know, before they kill the fowl. Yeah, they do it. They do it. And they call the church. I don't want to mention this because we are streaming these things live. They've died down now in Western Nigeria. That is, the whiteness of their garments has died down. Some of their pastors now wear fine suits, you know, laminated jackets, you know, the hair anointed with, um, hair cream and all of that shining. You see them. I see him, see him on TV. He now says he's a man of God, he's a prophet, he's healing the sick right now, he's healing. The guy, that's all he used to do. We know him now. And he hasn't changed his ways. They offer animal sacrifices. People go to them for help. They got some results. Some of them are kind of used to see visions like Balaam. But I'm telling you, all of these people are operating spiritual principles which anybody can learn. And this latter part of my message, I'm just grieving over the fact that they now sell it to Christians, and Christians think that is Christianity. Just because it is spiritual. many. See, I'm sorry to say this. Many of the stories we hear about tithe, give, this and that. It, that's all they're trying to do. It's the same principle. They sit down on if you give, you will get. As you give, you And get. I get, I get, I get you give, 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 give. Ah! That is as if the power for your prosperity is in your hands. It's as you give. Look. And then when you, of course, when you give like that, you now go to God and tell him what you give. It's all balamic manipulations. And like I was saying earlier, Christians who don't know, they get carried away. They get carried away because these are spiritual laws that they did not know anything about. I had one, one day I just shook my head and brethren were gathered, they were speaking. Ah, wow, they were so impressed. Because it was a particular big man, a prophet, priest There was a sermon in church. Oh, the sermon was flying around. I never got to hear it firsthand, but I heard them repeat it. And I think I heard it from another place at, a, at another point in time. The cause of problems, basically, is what your grandfather used to do. And the man began to analyze. If your grandfather was a slave trader, a slave trader used to snatch people from homes, thereby breaking homes. So all the children will have broken homes. Sometimes I hear detailed analysis of how a behavior is running through generations. One day I heard somebody preach all those things. I tapped my wife. I said, which behavior... Can we not trace to every generation in every household? What I'm trying to say is that okay, if you tell me that uh, uh, uh um, maybe uh, Jacob, you know, deceived somebody. Hey, he had 12 sons. Why are all the 12 sons not deceivers? I don't know where you get my point. And all the four nine boys in Nigeria are the descendants of Jacob. <laughs> I don't know whether you are getting my point. Boys, look. The love of money is what? A root of all sorts of evil, no matter who your ancestor is. We start drawing all kinds of lines, drawing all kinds of doctrines. Why? Because we focus on the second level of spiritual knowledge, which is what? Knowledge of principles and methods. They seem to work, but that is not what Christianity is. Third level of knowledge is spiritual things. I've spent so much time on that second level. Especially because Christians get stuck there. It's preached to them every day. They are confused by it every day. And it's very sad. The third level of spiritual knowledge. Quickly, I think we should read the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 17. From verse 1. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that his son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh. That to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The highest level of knowledge in the realm of the Spirit Of all kinds of spiritual knowledge, the highest level of knowledge is the knowledge of the true God and of his Christ, Jesus Christ. That is the highest level. And remember, I said it before, knowledge in the realm of the spirit is not just, you know, what do call it, being acquainted with information. It is what? Spiritual power. Now, this is the unfortunate side. As I said Christians spend a lot of time, they spend these days, I've seen most of the time learning spiritual principles. No. What they are supposed to spend their time learning is the true God and Jesus Christ the Son. That is what they are supposed to spend their time learning. Not learning principles. Like Paul would say, you did not so learn Christ. Christ is to be learned. Do you get my point? He said, What do you mean by learning Christ? For example, we talk about sacrifices. You learn Christ, you know that all the witches or all the gods looking for the sacrifice your grandfather promised them when your mother was pregnant, they should go and ask Jesus. Say they, they, they are looking for sacrifice, huh? Go and ask Jesus Christ. Once you tell them like that, they say, We write off the debt, no need. You don't need to pay. In fact, we should pay your grandfather in case you can see him. We want to give us trouble. He said, your ancestor was a slave trader. He said, yes. So what are you going to do about them? He said, I don't know. Go and ask Jesus Christ. Sometimes I hear people say that God promised this to the Jews. God promised this to the Jews. You know what we don't realize? God has fulfilled all his promises to everybody. There's no promise he has not fulfilled. Where is the fulfillment? In Christ Jesus. Once Jesus mounted that cross and he died, went to the grave, and he was raised again on the third day, nobody can tell God that he has not fulfilled the promise. Nobody. Nobody. Even if Abraham said, Abraham, you'll be a father of many nations, and he died without giving birth to any child. That's his problem. Because in Christ, that promise has been fulfilled. Let me tell you something about Christ. If you see Paul talk about it, Christ is the love of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. I hope you're getting my point. He's wide. He's high. He's deep. The extent of the cover of Christ is unimaginable. That is, where, that is what we are supposed to be learning. I don't know whether I get my point. For example, is how do you prosper? There's a principle. You will plant a seed, then you will harvest. I say, wait, I'm a Christian. Oh, that is, assuming that my name is Balaam, I'm teaching you now. You come to me and say, ah, um, prophet. You don't know I'm a crazy prophet, but you just think I'm a normal prophet. I need to prosper. I want to make more money. I want to be prosperous in this life. I have all my needs met. To so say, ah, this is what you do. You bring a goat. We'll kill it. Um, we, are, we are going to kill it in seven places to cover, you know, like the seven bulls, uh-huh. you know, I say, ah, okay, okay, but prophet, I forgot to tell you, I'm a Christian. You know what Balaam would do? Ah. Balaam will say, you didn't say so. <laughs> sorry, I don't handle your type of case. <laughs> All your prosperity is in the Jesus Christ that you have believed. Any other thing, sorry, I don't have anything to tell you. Balaam will have understood. Do you understand? that there is nothing that he knows about the oppressions in Christ. You know what happened to him and the people of Israel? He thought they were pure in themselves. So he kept on looking for corners in their lives where they were not pure. He did not know that as long as they serve the only true God, their righteousness is a gift. So he needed to drag them away to Baal. As long as... see. Being a Christian doesn't mean you do everything perfect. I will say this to make you laugh. Any mistake you make because of present imperfection is overlooked. If you don't know you did it, it will be of no consequence. When God wants to bless you in that area, he points it out to you. You confess it. The confession is so you can be changed. Because God never blesses disobedience. So when he wants to release blessings in that area, he said, Chooks, that's not how they do behave. Don't do like that again. You have done it wrongly for the last six years, but I have constantly overlooked it. Don't worry, there will be no problem. But henceforth, if you want to be blessed, please behave this area so my blessing can flow. It is not that behavior that's generating the blessing. The blessing is already in Christ Jesus. Because the lack of the appropriate behavior was preventing it from flowing. I hope you're getting my point. Those who are preaching there, one girl, your grandmother, he did like this. They should have said, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. All grandmothers have passed away. Every curse, every promise made upon her life passed away. As a pastor, you know what you're supposed to do? Lift that up before the congregation. Their lives will change to fit it. As a pastor, that is the assignment. Lift these things up before the congregation. Their lives will change to fit it. And again, it comes to you. He said, they are pursuing me my dream. He said, do you know you are in Christ? Jesus, say after me, in Christ, I have been set free. In Christ, all my sins are washed away. He said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You call the guy say, just make sure you are not the one putting your hand into anything. He say, no, there is nothing that I am doing that I know that is wrong. You say, fine, no problem. So you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Go and sleep. She's gonna have a dream again. This time around, she'll be the one pursuing. Everyone that is, she will dream that those people came to pursue her. They didn't know she was ready. She drew a sword, and they were running. She wake up panting and laughing. Come back to say, Pastor, yesterday I pursue people. I pursue, I pursue. Say this night I don't know who is coming, again. I'm looking forward to the pursuit because now I'm the pursuer. You know the truth? You have not prayed. It says, say to the cities of Zion, behold your God. You have just said to them, look at the Christ in whom you dwell. You know what we have done a lot of times, we preachers, we have magnified Balamic operations. That's what we have done. We have magnified, and I'm sorry to say, you know, "You, you like to criticize people. No, I'm correcting. A lot of it is because of what we get. Because, how can you be in church and a young woman, a woman comes after you like that and you tell her this, she goes away? Why would she bring an offering? Unless God has instructed her. I hope you're getting my point. You cannot provoke the offering directly. Sometimes pastors sweat deliberately so they can, you can say, I sweated for your case. For your case. <laughs> I went to preach somewhere, I told you, in an time, that time. School, one girl came after to see me, said that uh, she has something in her chest. How uh-huh. is that my problem? That's because she dreamt that her mother gave her egg to eat. That's a good mother. Fed you in real life, entered your dream, still feeding you. She loved that woman, man. She's not a witch. There's something, somebody says something once. So those who believe all this is say their head is not working. Your mother is a witch. She's, she carried you for nine months. Her witchcraft did not kill you. One year there, you were there sucking breasts. Her breast is not poison you. She could have laid on you. It's not in your Bible. Those two women that came to Solomon. Nobody lie one lie on the other one. She went to witchcraft you. Just as you Just lie that like this. Wake up next morning not Nigeria. Who will know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to the coronavirus. You're dead. Of course, we blame everything on coronavirus. If you fall from this building and break your head and die, they say they'll test you for coronavirus. If it's positive, it says it's COVID death. They say your mother did not kill you when she had the chance. It's now that you are driving a car. You send her money once in a while. A prophet now says your mother is a witch. she wants to kill you. You, you know what you should tell the prophet? She has tried. If it's now she wants to kill me, I think we should just let her kill me. <laughs> no, think about it. She didn't kill you. Now, think about it. Now you're 30-something. You're 40-something. Possibly 50. She could have killed you. She's a witch now. She could have killed you before you were born. She has the power. She's a witch. I She could have used that witchcraft to kill you as a baby. She asked her to kill you. She was the one giving you food. You couldn't cook. Did you cook by yourself? No. She didn't kill you all this while. Then now you are 30 something. She now wants to kill you. Yeah, I think we should allow her. So for for you know, it's reward for patience. You patiently did not kill me for 40 years. I think you should go ahead now. But know the truth? She's not a witch. Young woman came to me that day and said that her mother gave her something to eat in the dream. So I said so. So the thing is in her chest. I said, well, what am I supposed to do about you, your mother, the egg, and your chest? I should pray. <laughs> I looked at the girl. I said, my friend, get away <laughs> from I just told her, to, I said, my friend, get away from there. I said, I mean, go away. It's after I've been watching all kinds of movies. Maji. is that what they call her? What's the name of that woman again? Maji. 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 After Maji has changed and done all kinds of things, you have believed it. And the word has become flesh in your life now. You now want me to be the deliverance minister against who? Against Maji and her movies? I told the young girl, get away. And peradventure, your mother is a witch and she's giving you egg. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's all you need to know. God will have to punish both of us. If I put my hand on you, I cut anything that the witch gave her to eat. <laughs> I cast it out right now. <laughs> I command his offering I'm looking for. Let's not lie. All those acrobatics carrying me to the choir. Anybody hanging in the air, I hang. I hang for you. It's offering we are looking for. I jam them, let them scatter. You know what amazes me? Is the way the congregation starts gyrating. Ignorance. Oh, my Father, deliver us from it. You know, one day my son said something. He cost, you know. And I said, Father, I, I give you thanks. He and his friends He said, that's a foolish testimony. <laughs> they were arguing. Young people, teenagers. He said, forget it, my friend. That's a foolish testimony. If you're a Christian, nobody can. No, ah, I, I was glad. I said, ah, Father, thank you. This is what we are teaching. These young people, they are learning it. One <laughs> <When the>, day, <laughs> he had his friends out somewhere. They started preaching each other. He, 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 one, he said, "One pastor came somewhere to preach, and they were there." The man said, mm, "Now, I'm going to take an offering right now, maybe for the deliverance of a prospect, whatever it is." Said, so, "This only, only if it, fifty thousand. Uh, anybody was? That's the only thing." The priest said, "Divan, you go to five hundred. Leave this." Thing. <laughs> The boys sat down there, they were pitching each other. Say, <coughs> so leave that Say, so you get 50,000. Okay, leave that He's coming down to 500. <laughs> <laughs> so after the man had waited for the 50,000, I okay, right, I, I just feel in my spirit. Anybody has 20,000, they, they, they say, we, 500, 500 now we get, they will get out.
0: <laughs> Brethren, the man came down to 500 eventually.
1: God have mercy on us. You love this prayer we pray? No. What we are supposed to do is just lift up Jesus for the people. We tell the girl that said, okay, my great-grandmother is a witch. Her spirit is showing up to me in dreams. Tell her, stand up. Repeat after me. In Christ Jesus, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. Henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. If anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature. You know, that's the end of the prayer. That is the deliverance. Go. I remember once <laughs> my wife was pregnant. I think it was being, uh, was not the first, I think it was second pregnancy or so. I, that, I, I can't remember which one anyway, but one of the children. So that does this, she used to stay with her mom, you know, when she's going to deliver. So she would travel, and stay with her mother. So I went to drop her, stayed like it did, I was now leaving. Of course, I will not know when she would deliver. There was one of the deliveries I was around for. We went to the hospital together. The other ones, I wasn't around. The one I was, I don't even know where I was at all. It would be like a week before I finally was able to come and see her and the baby. So this particular one, as I was leaving, I prayed for her. So so I said, let us pray. We just sat in front of the house before I would enter my car and drive off. I just said, "We, we we just gave thanks. Concerning the delivery, I now said, of course, my prayer for delivery is always Isaiah chapter 66, verse 9. You can go and check what is there, all right? I always recommend that for pregnant women. I now said to her, I said, where many people go and they don't return? I said, you will go. You will return safely. It should be well with you and your baby. In Jesus' name, amen. So her eyes were still closed. So I said, I have to go now. Ah, She looked, look, you don't pray finish. I said, I don't pray finish now. She laughed. She said, you pray for me. I said, what else do you want me to say? Nobody safe deliveries would they find? This one I have said, is, is there no safe delivery inside? What more do you want me to do? <laughs> 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 what did you, do, what you not even know? that I prayed that prayer by revelation. I won't, I won't, I'll let me not bore you with that now. was my revelation? That sentence was all I made about the, 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 the delivery. I mean, your husband is a man of God. You expect him to man of God. Lies the whole thing now. He called on the forces of heaven. The avenging power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of I'm not saying it is bad, it just was not necessary that day. Do you know? Most of the deliverance, is it deliverance of deliverances? Choose English, you like. Most of the ones that the people of God need is just for Christ to be lifted up in front of them. They don't need this. It was your grandfather or your grandmother, an obuni man a woman. They don't need this one of who are the enemies that are against you. They just need to hear. Because like I told you, the understanding I have is that the secret place of God is Christ. That is why we learn God and his Christ. The highest knowledge in the realm of the spirit is the knowledge of the true God and of Jesus, his Christ. That is it. It's not of principles. There's something they used to say in, in, in physics. They say when you get into the center of a black hole, that all laws of physics will fail. What am I trying to say? All those laws we are fighting about on the lower level, when we get into Christ, they are messed up. In Christ, you will see somebody that's supposed to be a sinner, and he will live and prosper. How? It's simple. Because God forgave his sins. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You are the one remembering them. God forgave his sins. You are looking, this man is a sinner. But God said, no. Look at this. Somewhere in the timeline of spiritual things, he moved over into Christ. You, not being in God or in Christ, you can still remember some things about him. But me, I can only see him in Christ. And in Christ Jesus, I am compelled to bless and prosper him. And because I did not explain it to you, you are there getting angry. I hope you are getting my point. People say, it's when you give, you will get. I say, wait, when you get into Christ, prosperity is purely, let me say it to you again, is purely on the basis of what God promised in Christ Jesus. And if God promises something, it's activated, activated one way. How is it? By faith. By faith. By faith. Some will now say, okay, will a person not give as a sign of the faith? It's possible. He can also pray as a sign of the faith. I don't know whether I get my point. As a giving is a sign of faith that activates prosperity, so is that giving also a sign of faith that activates health. It's not tied to prosperity. I don't know whether you got that. Yes, if you say that, because it's possible to say that, no. Is it that giving, like, it's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, all right, that people give is a sign of their faith. That is true. But I'm trying to explain, in the same manner, it's also a sign of their faith for many things. But the real reason the fellow prospers, the real reason, is because God made a promise, and it is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. So if we want to teach Christians on prosperity, that's what I teach. I will teach what God has said about you in Christ. That's what I'm going to do. I will teach what he said about you in Christ. I will tell the pro- What I will just do that's added to that is understand the purpose for wealth. And no matter how much you give or believe, if you don't have an assignment for building a refinery that refines 600,000 barrels of crude a day, God will not give you 17 billion dollars. I don't know whether you're getting my point. God supplies money according to assignment. In fact, we are forbidden as Christians from wanting to be rich. It's a commandment. You must not want to be rich. What should you want? All your needs to be supplied. I hope you're getting my point. Listen to me, time will come. What you call supply of need. (laughs) We'll be able to pay 25,000 people every month. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That for you is what supply of need. So when I tell somebody that listen. my wage bill is 2.5 billion naira a month. We have to make that money. So when you get into the place of prayer, are <laughs> you getting my point? And you're saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, our turnover needs to increase. We need skill. We need this. You're praying. What you are saying is, that, Baba God, you know, say I know the O. You know, twenty-eight of every month, late test, this twenty-five thousand, my accountants must have activated. I don't want to lay people off. They have worked with me for this length of time. Can you see the kind of need you are praying about? Somebody will now come and say, Which principle do you use to get hundred billion naira turnover a month? And you know, a profit of this amount. What principle? If you, not, if you don't have sense, are you getting my point? You now say, Seven keys. You'll be talking nonsense. But if you have understanding, say, Bros, everything is in Christ Jesus. I go to God and I ask Him, Help me meet the obligations that You have placed upon me by virtue of the assignment that You have given me. And He has proven faithful. That is the summary of it. Say, so don't look for keys. Are you paying the number of people i No. So leave it now. Are you meeting the kind of need I'm meeting? No. So what is your problem? But covetousness. You want to be able to buy a private jet too. I buy a private jet. It is simply because commercial flying is a waste of my time. And if you see what's been going on Nigeria aviation the last few weeks, if you have money, you will buy a private jet. If you're a moving person. Cancel. <laughs> Council, flight, fancy, cancel, cancel, moving up and down. So tell the person, as I know you, you know they go anywhere. Every time I come to Enugu, you're in Enugu, either in the market, or you're in church. <laughs> what, are you doing? what are you believing Go for a private jet for? I know this is something. Listen, let's forget all those principles. Our needs have been supplied in Christ Jesus. Everything has been supplied in Christ So what we need, like I was saying, let me just end it here. We'll continue on this particular point next time. What we need is a knowledge of God and of Christ. I'll develop that knowledge of God thing for that next time, if God permits me. Because what I want to bring out, if I... You know, I said we should open somewhere at the beginning. Did we read it? (laughs) Let's just read it and then we'll leave it there. Matthew chapter 8. I want to read from verse um, 5. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Let me just stop reading in verse 10 there. I'm talking about great faith briefly. This was a centurion who got healing power into his home, into his household, for the benefit of his servant. And Jesus, Jesus said it was because of what? The great faith. But what did he call great faith? You will notice something. Let me summarize it in these words. What the Lord Jesus called great faith was nothing more than the understanding of the spiritual. You hear what I said? Great faith is not something you struggle for. It's as you understand the spiritual. It creeps into your system. This man said, do you have to come under my roof? From what I've heard about you, you're a man that has authority. I'm also a man that has authority. and I'm under authority. If Rome wants me to do something, Caesar doesn't have to come over here. They just send the word. And if I want to execute that word, I don't have to physically go. I just send another word to my servants. So he said, "Jesus, why do you have to come under my household? If indeed you have authority the way I've heard that you have, and indeed I know you have, speak the word only, and my servants will be healed." And Jesus said, "Wow!" He said, "Marvelous." not what he said. He said, "Wow!" See, great faith. What's great faith? Is understanding of the spiritual. Let me add another word to it. It's in knowledge and understanding of the spiritual. That is all that great faith is. You want to have great faith? Get to know God and get to know his Christ. Great faith will crawl into your life automatically. Let me leave it there. Because our time is gone. I think I've spoken at length today because we started on time. And I'm just looking at what time it is right now. I think we can end it here. Let's bow down our heads
0: say, Father, I thank you for your word that has come forth. I thank you for your word that has come forth. I thank you for the revelation that you have brought into my heart. I thank you for the new spirit that has entered me. Say, Lord, I receive it by faith in the name of Jesus.